Hi, I'm Patty. I'm Kim Michelle. And I'm Jill. Welcome to our podcast. It's a great day to talk. Because honestly, what day isn't a great day to talk? So join us in our conversation. A Great Day to Talk is brought to you by St. George Design. Offering complete website design, social media management, search engine optimization, Google and Facebook ad management, and many other digital and print marketing services. StGeorgeDesign.com And by Richardson Brothers Custom Homes, third-generation builders who have been building custom homes in southern Utah for over 25 years. They will take your dream home from concept to completion. Contact RichardsonBrothers.com Hi, welcome to today's episode of A Great Day to Talk. My name is Patty, and I'm here with my two friends, Jill and Kim Michelle. And today's episode is our Read Now, Talk Later episode, and it is later. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Clever. The, the month of May's novel that we introduced a few weeks ago called Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. And if you uh, haven't read it, we won't spoil everything for you, but maybe we will entice you to want to read it. And if yeah. you have read it, hopefully you will share some of the um, information that we have or our attitudes surrounding this book and we just want you to join our conversation so welcome yeah welcome ladies hi kim michelle hi how are you <laughs> good <laughs> kim michelle is completely fine kim michelle is completely <laughs> fine we're all completely fine i am so excited about this book i i first listened to this book when it first came out which gosh what is the copyright of this let's see, 2017. And then um, I listened to it again several months ago and then read it again. I really love this book. And just to give you all just a brief enticer or a little synopsis of the book, this is about a woman named Eleanor. She's 30 years old. She lives in Glasgow and um, she has some quirks about her. She's very, very honest, very blunt. She always, um, when giving a compliment, always follows with a mm, not a compliment. <laughs> in fact, you might have a hard time finding the compliment uh, yes. in the statement somewhere. Yes, because you get They're so a lost. little backhanded. <laughs> yes. You get so lost in the fact that she said this nice thing and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh man, did she actually say that out loud? <laughs> so it's about Eleanor and her life and or in a, this period of time. And she meets a friend named Raymond at work who then helps her along a path of discovery and exploration of her own life. And we learn a lot about her during this exploration and some of the things well, many and most of the things yeah. are completely heartbreaking and explain so much. So um, we hope that you guys, those of you that read, enjoyed it as much as we and we're excited to talk about it today. Yeah, so um, we are going to try something new uh, today. And uh, if you were on the live, if you listened last time, to episode five, when we talked about how to deal with things when sometimes they don't look the way you thought they were gonna look, we're totally prepared that uh, this may not look the way that we think it's gonna look. However, 
we are going to be looking at comments that come in as you live stream them and try to see if we can answer those yeah. and, mm -hmm. yep. and uh, share some of your comments as we go along here and see how that see how that plays out for us and if it doesn't look the way that we think it's going to then i'm gonna rant and you're gonna i'll be passive aggressive right and then oh, you're gonna passive aggressive yeah for sure. sure and then we're gonna get over ourselves <laughs> and then we're gonna move to solution it's all gonna be good yeah. we're gonna try it out and <laughs> we're gonna write it for eight minutes right? right eight minutes we'll set the timer and then we'll almost be done here and that, there you go that's it <laughs> episode over <laughs> episode done and check so okay ladies where should we begin why don't we talk about a few of the themes in this novel mm -hmm. okay yeah so one of the biggest to me is um endurance mm. and perseverance mm -hmm. and a lot of that is around the early life of eleanor and things that happened to her and i think that the theme of Perseverance and endurance is one that we really um, hope to teach our kids. I hope that I have done a good job with my kids in that because life is hard. Life is hard and figuring out how to get through the hard times and coming out on the other end is such an important skill. Yeah, I totally agree with that, that um, and it goes so much with a lot of the things that we've spoken about leading into this uh, episode today. But being able to persevere when things don't look the way that you think they should, um, to be able to still continue to show up in the world, even when you're going through your own heartbreak and your own struggles, I think that that's an important thing for all of us to be able to learn. And sometimes it's just one day. We're just trying to get through one day. Right. You know, we're not dealing with the lifelong kinds of issues that Eleanor's had to deal with in her life. And if, if some of you reading this book might have been like, hey, I had to persevere through the first um, 130 pages of, pages of this book because I just wanted to shake her. Right. Um, you know, or I, I couldn't relate to her at all because she's just so blunt, blunt, yes. blunt and just her social skills are so, uh, low. Yeah. Non-existent. Right. And, <laughs> low and is we, kind. Learn, we learn why that yeah. takes place. But yeah, my friend texted me and said, Eleanor Oliphant is not fine. She is not fine. <laughs> right. And in the end she went, oh, I'm so glad I finished this book. This yeah. was amazing. Yeah. So in the beginning, what one of the things that stands out to me is that she talks about her week and her, the way her week progresses and then what she does on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's clear that she's um, very lonely mm -hmm. and she doesn't have people in her life. She goes home from work. On her way home, she stops at the metro or the small grocery, whatever it is, and um, purchases, a, she splurges on a frozen pizza yep mm -hmm. and then she gets two bottles of gin uh -huh. two bottles of vodka. vodka two bottles of vodka and takes those home and then drinks wine on friday night and then passes out on the couch and then just drinks those bottles throughout the weekend yep and waits waiting, for monday and is just waiting mm -hmm. for monday and starts all over again and starts so she has created again. a very 
a way for her to be able to function. Her coping. Her, yep, mm -hmm. her, that's her coping strategy. And I know that for many of us, that may seem like so bizarre. And but not I think, a coping strategy. Right, right. But, well, right. it's not a healthy coping strategy, right. it, but it is a sure. coping strategy. And I think if we take, if we can, one of the things that's so great about books, I think, is that there's always something for us to learn or there's something for me to learn sure. from every book that I read. And so even though that is not my coping strategy, I can absolutely guarantee that there are things that I do as a coping mechanism that are probably not healthy for me either. Absolutely. But there are things that I put into play when I feel like I'm up against it that then become my coping strategy. So just as I can see that in her and say, wow, that that has that can't be a fun, pleasant way to live your life. There has right. to be more for you than that. Right. It gives me an opportunity to be in self-reflection around, okay, well, take a look inward, not from judgment, right? which she has plenty oh, of. Oh, she <laughs> takes care of that, doesn't she? Right, so she not only judges herself, she judges others around yeah. her. And so that's... She's not able to look inward without judging. Right. You're right, Patty. Anything. That's exactly right. Well, and she's eccentric to her work coworkers. Mm -hmm. yes. And mostly because of her matter of fact and her super low social skills. And so she doesn't have friends at work. Right. And that, therefore, is alone on the weekends. And Right. Right. Yeah. She does attempt to endure. And um, really basically is just living day Existing. to day. Mm -hmm. Yep, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. day to day. And what a lonely existence that is. And then through, through this book, she has these experiences where she then meets Raymond, who is a new employee at work. Mm -hmm. and who comes with no judgment. Towards her. Zero she has a ton of judgment on him. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> poor guy. He can do look, sound, Eat, smell, because oh, he smokes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, she's mm -hmm. so mad about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she, well, and really, endurance goes on the part of Raymond as well. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not just Eleanor who endures. It's Raymond and the barrage of comments that she makes. Towards yeah. Him. Why does he continue to foster this relationship, this friendship, in in a way? Isn't that a really great question? Yeah. When we what? think about our friends and for me i like to think about how my friends stick around right my <laughs> friends are also asking themselves that <laughs> why do we endure no they're not, not asking that are you asking? well not when i'm sitting next to you <laughs> right. ask that. <laughs> i never right, ask right. that actually no um you're too nice kim michelle no not really but <laughs> uh, you know there's there's such beautiful things that I get back from every relationship. That's what makes it so puzzling in this particular situation because what is Raymond getting back in that in that relationship right there? Right. Um, except that maybe he can see something for her that she can't yet see. Mm -hmm. And that's enough for him for him to be in that place that said, maybe somebody did this for me. Maybe somebody believed in me when I couldn't see see it. And this is an opportunity for me to be able to give that 
to somebody here? Because one of the most powerful questions that um, I saw related to this book was, would you have been a friend to Eleanor? And I really, gosh, I really sat with that because you want, now that you know everything, right? you want to be able to say, oh, yes, I'm a big enough person that I would be friends with her. And at the same time, we all have an Eleanor in our life right? At, or have had. And I think we get to then say, okay, how did I show up in that relationship? And um, I don't, I don't know, but I think it does go back to the question of grace that we talked about uh, in the last episode. And um, somebody had sent me a, um, they'd sent me, not me particularly, well, yes, I'm sure they sent it just to me, (laughs) uh, this very private personal message. But it said, um, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always. Right. And I just thought it's so perfect to the conversation we had around grace. And I think that Raymond is a perfect example of grace in being manifested right. um, in this book because he is kind time after time after time. <laughs> and he doesn't know what her battle is, no. but he he can understand and appreciate she's in one. Right. And he endures through that. And he, he continues to encourage her to do things like Mm -hmm. when ask, let's go to lunch. Yeah. Let's go to lunch. Why would I want to, why do I come to my mom's? Yeah. Why why would I want to do that? that? Well, and then on the encounter during when they meet a man who, uh, falls down and immediately she's like, Oh, he's probably drunk right? mm-hmm. and they go over and he had a medical condition and they follow him right. to the hospital. And he, and the and Raymond? Raymond's like, we're going to the hospital. And she's like, why would we go to the hospital? Mm-hmm. Where are his people? Why doesn't, why am I <laughs> right. involved in this where she has been not cared for like she should have been cared for. So she never learned to care for others. So that was, or care for herself. And that, comes to the very beginning where she decides she's going to do some exploration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maintenance on herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Patty. And the thing about Raymond, it's not just with her, it's with Sammy as mm-hmm. we uh-huh. the gentleman's name, like you said, and it's also with his mom, right? He was so kind and gentle and invites Eleanor over to meet his mom. Mm-hmm. And he's the same person at work throughout as he is at home with his mom visiting his mom as he is when he and Eleanor um, start to go to lunch and as he is with the other co-workers and that kind of person I mean the endurance that that person has and the persistence was really a touching thing to read about well and the one thing about Eleanor is she's very practical minus the weekend right um, but she's practical in her clothing. So she has like what one outfit mm-hmm. d- that she wears to work. Yes. She does it very practical shoes. Very, yes. Right. Everything is very practical for her. And I'm sure very, she's very plain. She hasn't had her hair done ever. She right. doesn't wear makeup. She isn't socially, uh, skilled, comp- skilled. Mm-hmm. and he still, and he knows that his mom will show up with grace as well. Mm-hmm. And where some people might 
not take Eleanor home to meet their yes. mother. Mm-hmm. She, you know, he, right. he takes Eleanor right. home. That's and he's point. exactly right because his mom is so lovely, lovely with mm-hmm. Eleanor. And probably for the first time in Eleanor's life, she experiences a maternal role model. Right that is actually loving and gracious and kind and isn't demanding anything from her and um, no judgment no judgment and yeah Accepting. really beautiful Accepting. yeah i'm gonna get back yeah. to facebook mm-hmm. if you don't mind yeah i really did like his mom too because mm-hmm. of those very and reasons I think michelle she hugged eleanor right she did mm-hmm. yeah and that i don't know that eleanor has had personal contact well that's one of the things that she says uh-huh. in, in in her story that she's when she's talking about how lonesome she is when she finally starts to recognize that she's very lonesome and she says that only two people have touched me in the last year and those were people that i paid i got a flu shot and not, I can't remember exactly who the other one was, but she said the only people that I've had physical touch from are people that I have paid. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and even then they had plastic disposable gloves, gloves on, on. Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. when you think of the depth of that type of loneliness. Well, minus abuse. Minus the abuse yes, that we she, learn about. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the comments on here from Scott is that. Maybe it's not about enduring. Maybe it's about endearing. Ah, How awesome is that? Yeah. That's a great, that is a great comment. Because yeah. that is exactly what happens in this process mm-hmm. for her. Right. Because she doesn't just endure. Things change for her. Not just in the way she sees the rest of the world, but in the way she starts to see herself right in the place in the rest of the world and she becomes endearing to others yeah we are rooting for her so do we get to jump to that section now are we are we i i do but i want to talk about one theme we didn't talk about earlier which is um her resilience right but uh our brain's ability to protect itself yeah. oh. and in regard to Eleanor yeah she uh, her brain protected herself from her childhood trauma and memories of her childhood trauma mm-hmm. yeah and how amazing our brains are for that and also can be confusing and cluttering as well as we find out throughout the end of the, you know toward the end of the book how her brain worked to protect her from her Memories right. that, she that she wasn't needed to protect herself yeah, from. She yeah. didn't want yeah. to to be able to pull those memories up, and so it protected her from them. Wow, Patty, because that's, that's the battle she was endearing, right? Yeah. She and and that's how that was. She had a coping in the moment, mm-hmm. but in the bigger scheme of things, she had to let all of that past be non-existent for her. Right. Yeah. And, she had to to and to get through it. To mm-hmm. the extent that she is having ongoing conversations with her mom, who continues to be a voice of condemnation and judgment, right? And reminding her that she'll never account 
to anything and no that one's ever gonna love you yeah. no one Why will ever love have... her and... and and don't you think kim michelle that that is where her backhanded comments all come from because that's oh. the only experience she's ever known mm -hmm. despite the fact that her she had this very abusive relationship she still um reflects the things that she learned growing up yeah right because she was 10. yeah yeah so she had 10 years and we know now uh, that childhood trauma can be, can influence a child at infancy. Yeah. That early infancy. Well, and that again, the, the brain changes. In yeah. fact, our brains will be changed before our conversation is when over. When we're done today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was another thing that in another podcast from yeah. Brene Brown, because yeah, Del and I love Brene Brown, but. She had talked not about- Not more than us. No. Well, mm, oh, no, I'm kidding. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> JK, 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 JK. No, <laughs> she interviewed someone recently about, it was Oprah and- A, a doctor, doctor that Oprah they, and she, They just wrote oh, a book right, together. I'm, listen, I'm mm -hmm. reading that book right now. Right. On childhood trauma, the mm -hmm. ACEs and, score, and yeah, it talks even about- early in, early Even in gestation. In, in gestation. Mm -hmm. um, people don't recognize that the baby- Hears mm -hmm. and even when they're brand new infants and abuse and situations that are happening in the home, babies Not take to that them, in. But around right, them, around them, mm -hmm. babies take that in. They have no understanding of how or experience how to release that or how to be with that, and that trauma, especially them. especially when their neurons are are connecting yeah. at such a rapid rate. Right. And so it's no wonder that Eleanor has the characteristics that she does. In fact, I have to think that considering what she experienced, I have, I just am amazed that she is the functioning person that she right. is yeah. up, uh, you know, in the introduction of the book. The mm -hmm. fact that she can do can what she get does. get to work and, yep. and be completely alone. And completely fine. Yeah. So we fine. Which means what, not, by the way? That's what I think is sarcasm. Sarcasm. Well, I, that was a niceness because it's expected. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. <laughs> Sarcasm. Sarcasm. And we all know that fine is uh, an F word. Right. <laughs> right. Right. What does that look like? Right. What does that oh, mean? Oh, how are you? I'm fine. In fact, That's the quote right here. on. Here it is. Yep. Yeah. Here it let's is. Let's hear it. Right here on the yep. book. Okay. So she said, um, let's see. She's talking about her touch, the scalp massage at the hairdressers, the flu jab I had last winter. The only time I experienced touch is from people whom I'm paying, and they are almost always wearing disposable gloves at the time. I'm merely stating the facts. People don't like these facts, but I can't help that. If someone asks you how you are, you are meant to say fine. You are not meant to say that you cried yourself to sleep last night because you hadn't spoken to another person for two consecutive days. Fine is what you say. Mm -hmm. She's very honest. So when she's reflecting, as she starts to go through this process of, of self-examination, she's so honest even with herself. Yeah. Well, and there, I think in her childhood, as abusive as it was, there were still so many rules of, um, Oh, what would you call it? Like things had to be fancy. Yep, you had to, yeah. you had to eat this certain way. Right. And the food had to be this, or it was rubbish. Or right. how you look. All the manner, manners, yep. looks, everything yeah. was Even so. Even when particular. the neighbors described them, they always looked so so, so well behaved. Yeah, so uh -huh. well behaved, mm -hmm. and they were always 
They yeah. always looked so right. put together, you know. Which right. we all know looks are deceiving. We we never know what happens behind closed doors, which is why Kim Michelle's quote about you never know what battle someone's mm-hmm. going through. So the mm-hmm. only our only job here is to be kind to others. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So where do we lead with that? Where do we lead with this endurance piece? Where do we go? What is another powerful theme that stands out to you guys? Well, we, I, you know, there's such a social issue around um, foster kids who age out. And we know Eleanor Oliphant was a foster kid who aged out at 18 and they get set up in an apartment and there's a social worker that comes by to check on her so often. And there you go. And I see sometimes in my classrooms, we see foster kids who haven't been adopted and where do they spend their Christmases or Mm -hmm. if they can't go back to their original families. And I think that is a social issue. We've got to figure out how to a different path, a different path. That's, that's just an idea around this book that I thought brought to mind for me. Um, we also know, um, our, one of our episodes was about the voices in our head, Mm -hmm. which that theme came from this book because Eleanor, Eleanor, hears her mother's voice and talks to her mother and hears that judgment and condemnation, like you said, over and over. And we've talked about how we have those voices in our head, even well-intentioned. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I know this month is mental health month Yep, and trauma creates mental health illness or mental illness and we need to be more aware of it and more accepting and get rid of stigma around, around being able to say, yes, I have this, this is what I'm doing. We would never suggest if judgment around someone who, you know, was born with genetic diabetes or developed diabetes at an older age because of their genetics or had eye conditions. Yeah. For example, eye conditions, you know, Oh, you wear glasses. Right. Don't tell anyone. Well, you know, within (laughs) my family there, there's specific eye disorder that is passed down and we would never say, Oh no, you shouldn't take care of yourself. You should not Mm -mm. do those drops every day to prevent blindness. You should not do that. You, Mm -hmm. you want to look perfect. You yeah, need to be perfect. Yeah. So. yeah, well, and even Eleanor equates loneliness with cancer, right? Nobody, oh, it's like yeah. today's, it's like that, mm-hmm. right? Nobody wants to, mm-hmm. nobody wants to get near you. Nobody wants to talk are, about it. Right, nobody, right. Um, I mean, especially in Utah, if you're not married by thirty-five, are you? What's wrong with 35. you? Thirty-five, thirty, twenty-eight, twenty-six. <laughs> right, social right. leper, <laughs> but. Um, I, d- I definitely think that's a, a changing a little bit with the age and marriage here in Utah, but it is a question. They're not married. What's that? Da, da, da. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm really glad I got married super young. <laughs> <laughs> because now you're just super young, cool grandma. Totally. And I never, right. no one well, ever thought something was wrong with me know. because I didn't get married. Yeah, well, and nothing's wrong with anyone got married and divorced very early. So, you know, that's a stigma, too. Yeah. But she definitely has um, she has to have a tough constitution to endure what she's endured. There's no doubt about that. And at the same time, she she yearns for something different. I just don't think she 
knows how to create something different because she's never been taught any skills to create right. that. And Kim Michelle, and then oh, people sorry. start introduce being introduced to her life that she starts to let in for whatever reason. And and I think there's probably been people in her life before that were available to her, but she wasn't ready for them yet. And for whatever reason, this time she was ready to let some of them in. Raymond is one of them. Mm-hmm. Sam is one. And she, even though she's like, this, why? Why would I hold his bag? But And okay, I'll hold it, but I'm going to make sure I take his alcohol out and put it in my bag. Um, because you know, I while imagine I'm the hospital it. doesn't mm-hmm. want and mean, the hospital won't want right. Him and you to mean have Sam, that. as in the gentleman that yeah. fell in the street, yes. right? Thank yes. you, thank yes. you for that. Yeah. Um, but even in that moment, right when she's like, "Why would I want to do this? I don't want to do this," she does create a moment of of connection with him when she's just with him, and they're waiting for the ambulance to come, and it's with his sweater kind of right she she has a sense of him through his sweater Mm -hmm. and later that comes back to her as a very special gift but I think she starts to open up in a way that maybe she hasn't allowed before and I think Raymond is the catalyst for that but then there are other characters there's him there's Laura, his daughter, his daughter, daughter. his son. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's um, her boss who is, you know, um, so gracious. Surprisingly so. Yes. Yeah. uh Really surprisingly so. And even her coworkers begin to create a shift here when she creates kind of this shift. I believe energy attracts like energy. So when you are in the space of change and movement you create the space for others to be in that place too energetically and i think she has a moment of crisis um where she is like you know she she's gonna end this now because what is there yeah. left she's so she's lonely so lonely and so distraught yeah and and so invisible invisible in her mm-hmm. mind to the world and the only voice she hears is the voice of her mother continual condemnation and so she chooses then that this is going to be the this end of it mm-hmm. right and she's prepared for that and then what happens well she has Raymond comes. Yes. Raymond shows Raymond up. Raymond comes, but before that, even before that, as she's planning this out, and she goes to the store, the gentleman yes. that she purchases her alcohol, alcohol from, from every week, she asks for more, and he stops and pauses and says, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And is in true concern for her, and that was, you know, I mean, besides Raymond. I mean, Bob had, her boss had been nice to her before and was such, um, I mean, he says to, she says about him when she gets hired all the years earlier, she says, I came in, I had a broken arm, I had black eye and missing and teeth. missing teeth. Yeah. And because, he probably felt sorry for he, me. So he hired me. Yeah. And in all reality, he may have felt sorry for her, but he wanted to 
help her too. Mm-hmm. And so then the the gentleman at the grocery, yep. same thing. And, and, then, and I imagine what she looked like disheveled and her eyes would have been fogged over. Right. and Because she'd already been concerned. Yeah. 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 And it was a plan. It was a mm-hmm. plan that she'd really kind of had in the back of her yep. head for quite some time. Well, at the beginning of the book, she talks about some of her coworkers and Raymond hadn't started working there yet. And she rattled off a list of their names and said, you know, as she heard them, overheard them talking about how weird she was. But she said, I don't have very many people in my life, but I imagine my coworkers would miss me if I had been gone for a few days. It'd be a few days and before then they, they noticed. Before they noticed. Right. And then they would come to my apartment. They'd have to get my address out of the human resources yeah. file and then come find me and probably be overwhelmed by the smell of yeah. my dead mm-hmm. body. She'd already thought that all the yeah. way through. Clear from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So then when Raymond does show up at her house, Patty, and and bangs on the door and she's just barely, come, you know, she's in a fog. Right. She's, it's been days and she is completely out of it. And he comes in and finds her in such a mess. And then she doesn't wake have up. any, no, she doesn't wake up, but she, and has no memory until probably days couple, later. Yeah. It's a few days. And he is there taking care of her mm-hmm. and has cleaned her house and has cleaned her sheets. And when he walks into the room, she's so surprised that someone is there mm-hmm. yeah. helping her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had no idea for however many days he'd been there. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that gesture right there is what starts the ball rolling Mm -hmm. for her when she decides that she's going to reflect Mm -hmm. on what she, she listens to Raymond. Mm -hmm. She listens to what he has to say, which is kind of what we talked about last week as well. Um, You listened to your brother, Mm -hmm. right? Raymond and definitely showed up in grace for yeah, her too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like so Todd did for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. it takes the right person at the right time yes. for people to go, okay, now yeah. I hear you. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Mm-hmm. She was Change is hard. Rock bottom, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that section when when he is just, she. She's a, I, when I wake again, I'm laying on my sofa, texture under my hands, felt rough, strange, and it took me a few minutes to realize that I was covered with towels rather than blankets. I lay still and slowly appraised my situation. I was warm. My head was pounding. My guts were filled with a stabbing pain, which pulsed regularly like blood. I opened my mouth and heard the flesh and gums peel apart like orange segments being separated. I was wearing my yellow nightdress. So he had come in and cleaned her up, and he had towels on her because he was washing her bedding. And then he he made this bed for her and she talks about how climbing into this bed was so cozy and, and safe and comfortable Mm -hmm. for her. And I can imagine that's probably the first time she's felt enveloped like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At her most vulnerable state. Right. Right. And even in all the homes that she had lived lived in, in. well, they always, whenever she got upset in the foster home she lived in, they would call her caseworker. caseworker and the caseworker would come and remove her. She had such a story and I think that it prohibited a lot of people from really taking okay. her in. 
Well, yeah. she had she wasn't ever in a place long enough too, and nobody right. like took the time took to the time to, right. to mm-hmm. get to know her. And and I think it's because of that safe place that Raymond kind of created for her mm-hmm. that she then is in. All right, I'm I'm gonna investigate then. Right, what really did happen? Mm-hmm. What really went on here? What happened in my childhood? She never read the reports. She never wanted to find out what mm-hmm. happened to her. Right. And then she, as she was going in her therapy, she right. decided to to do that. investigate that. And I want to read one little tiny thing, Jill. She said, just reflecting back on the voice in her head, she, after, after therapy, but before she found out what had happened to her, so she's still in therapy. She said, the voice in my own head, my own voice was actually quite sensible and rational. I'd begun to realize it was my mummy's voice that had done all the judging and encouraged me to do so too. As she was also judged a lot Mm -hmm. of people. I was getting to quite like my own voice, my Mm -hmm. own thoughts. I wanted more of them. They made me feel good, calm even. They made me feel like me, mm-hmm. which she had never felt. Mm-hmm. She didn't even know who she was. Right. Yeah. And during her time away from work, when she's healing from this experience, the exploration that she was able to do and the, that she did because she had the time was she learned. Uh, she was just so open to hearing it. And like you mentioned before, Kim Michelle, like hearing it from someone that, at the right time mm-hmm. is what happened for her. You're yeah. right, Jill. Another time had not, it wouldn't have worked. And for here's her. here's always the takeaway, right? We hear those voices in our head all the time from an influential person in our life, whether it's a parent or a teacher or whatever, a coach, whatever. We hear those it could have been ourselves when we were little. We hear those same voices in our heads when we get up against it, mm-hmm. telling us that we can't or we're not good enough or whatever. We get to take the same lesson. It's not the same. I get that. Right, I totally right, understand right. Oh, for that. Sure. And at the same time, there's something of value to take into our lives from Eleanor's life here. Our life doesn't have to look like that in order for us to really create value from that and say, okay, is that my authentic voice that's speaking to me right now? Or is that somebody else's voice that I'm giving my power to? Because if it's somebody else's voice I'm giving my power to, stop it. (laughs) Absolutely. That's right, Kim Michelle. (laughs) Unless that voice is saying you are a total badass rock star. Right. Then just stop it. Right. Yeah. I agree, Kim Michelle. Mm -hmm. Kim Michelle, you are a total badass rock star. I'm listening to that voice, Patty. (laughs) (laughs) So here's my question. We've come to where this time period that she's home in this exploration that she's been going through. Do we tell what happened to her? Do we want our Yeah, no, I think we do because... Should I read the... Maybe I'm not... Maybe I shouldn't be the one that makes the decision on this. I think we do because just like I said earlier... I read a lot of the right. comments, and there seemed to be some genuine confusion right. about kind of what happened here. So right. I think I think we should. So should I read these two or just the one? 
the two maybe, articles. Do whatever maybe your voice is saying you should do, my Jill. My voice is saying, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, what we find out is that when Eleanor was 10, a huge tragedy happened in her family. Um, this is a, a newspaper article dated um, August 5th, 1997. The title or the lead is pretty bad or pretty but deadly kitty killer fooled us all the neighbors say killer mom sharon smith pitchard 29 has been living in a quiet maeta Vale street for the last two years neighbors said before deliberately starting the fire that ended in tragedy mm-hmm. she was such a pretty young woman she had us all fooled said a neighbor who did not wish to be named her little ones were always properly turned out They spoke so nice. Everybody said what lovely manners they had, he told reporters. As time went on, you could tell something wasn't right, though. The kitties always seemed terrified of her. Sometimes they had bruises, and people heard a lot of crying in the house. She'd go out a lot. We just assumed there was a babysitter. But looking back on it, one time I was talking to the older girl. She was only nine or ten, I'd say, and the mum shot her such a look she started to shake like a little dog. I dread to think what went on in there behind closed doors. Police confirmed yesterday that the fatal blaze at the property had been started deliberately. A child, age 10, who cannot be named for legal reasons, remains in the hospital in critical condition. So Eleanor is reading this article because Raymond has found it for her to help her understand her past. The next article reads, London Evening Evening Standard, September 28, 1997. Maida Val murder latest, two dead, plunky orphan recovers. Police confirmed today that the bodies recovered from the scene of last week's Maida Val house fire belonged to Sharon Smith, 29, and her youngest daughter, Marianne, 4. Her eldest child, Eleanor, 10, was released today from the hospital after making what doctors described as a miraculous recovery from third-degree burns and smoke inhalation. The spokesman confirmed that 29-year-old Smith started the fire deliberately and died at the scene as a result of smoke inhalation as she fled the property. Tests on both children revealed that a sedative had been administered and provided evidence that they had been physically restrained. Our reporter understands that Eleanor Smith initially managed to free herself and escape the blaze. Neighbors then reported seeing the badly injured 10-year-old re-enter the house before emergency services arrived. Firefighters allegedly found her attempt to open the locked wardrobe in an upstairs bedroom. The body of her four-year-old sister was recovered inside. Police have been unable to trace any living relatives of the child who is being cared for by social services. Mm -hmm. And that was Eleanor's story. Story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is the trauma that led to the voices in her head, that led to her foster care, that led to her loneliness, that led to her isolation. Isolation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so she blocked all of that out. And those, the conversations she continues to have throughout the book that she's having with her with, mom. with her mom, those are in her head. Those are, those are the conversations that she continues to hear the words of her mother speaking to her, reaffirming that she will be nothing, that she'll never be loved, that she'll never be, um, amount to anything, amount to anything. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's, that's what is keep has had been keeping her where she was. So that's why it's so powerful 
the passage Patty reads where she says, I'm my voice is actually, I like it. I, yeah. like, I, I like it's it. Reasonable. It's, it's reasonable. reasonable. It's yeah. rational. It's rational. And uh, in her session with her therapist towards the end of the book, she says, I'm going to tell mommy that yep. it's, it's time for her to go. Right. And she, in fact, does do that at the end of the book. That's why even with everything that goes on here, it really is about triumph. Triumph. It really is. Well, and endurance and perseverance and, like Scott said, endearing. Yeah. And you just can't help but root for Eleanor. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I just loved her quirkiness. It made me laugh. Right. Too. So it's not, it sounds like a super sad book. I know. But it's, it's really not. It's it's really powerful it's, it's and it's worth the imagine. read. It's hard to imagine. It's not hysterical because we've been hysterical this whole show. I, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not me. So <laughs> I, I think it's time to introduce our book yes. for next. Uh, we've got a nice summer read. Yes. Yeah. And by the way. Very thank different, but if you haven't read this book, I, we still encourage you to yeah. read it. It's, and yeah. thank you, yeah. Eleanor, for teaching me. Yeah, and thank Absolutely. you, Gail Honeyman, the author. Yeah, for the such. most sold book in 2018 in um, the UK, the uh, most popular fantastic. sold book in 2018. Yeah. Nice. So this week's book or this month's book for Read Now Talk Later is by Fanny Flagg. She's the author of Fried Green Tomatoes. This book is called The Whole Town's Talking, and it's just a fantastic book, a little slice of Americana that <coughs> is delightful and touching and lifts you and breaks your heart and brings you back up again. It's a perfect summer read. So we hope you guys will take the time to read this month and join us at the end of June when I may be in Maine when we have this conversation. Yeah. So yes. I'll be, you will be remote. I will be remote. I'm so excited to try that. And we really hope you guys enjoy it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So are we blue bowling? Blue bowling. Okay. Because the ahead. nudge from all of us this week is get the book. Get the book. And start reading it. And enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my You nudge. must enjoy it. That, that <laughs> I mean, that's a given. If you're not, then, well, you, you there's no option. Right. You must enjoy right. it. You'll still it be is. our right. friend. You'll still be our friend. Oh, yes. of course. <laughs> of course. That's a given. Okay. Well, we all have different likes and Patty. interests but okay <laughs> i i'm i love talking about eleanor oliphant but i'm super excited about the fanny flag book because so i easy. haven't read it it's so easy you just I fall right it. into it yes, it's really it is yeah it picks you up and takes yeah, you it, right along it, yeah it's really fantastic yeah it's a perfect summer read yeah it really is. awesome yeah. okay what did you pick what surprised me the most this week and we um so you know, I teach high school. Jill and I teach high school. And this today was graduation. And Congratulations, kiddos. Yes. And our graduation was actually on our football field, which normally it's in a, the Smith Arena at yeah. DSU. Yeah. Here at DSU. And um, we had it out on the football field. The stands were completely packed and it was overcast. So probably for the first 45 minutes, it was really nice. Then the sun came out and it got a little bit hot. We were done in an hour and 17 minutes. And, And I'm not saying that we needed to rush the graduation, but it was enough 
It was perfect. It was perfect. And so it surprised me that we were done 15 minutes earlier than we predicted. Um, I love high-fiving the kiddos on the way in. That was so fun. Um, It just surprised me how great the venue was for our graduation. It was really special. Because it was different than we've had in the 26 years I've taught. And having it on our campus was wonderful. And I kind of hope we do that again. I really enjoyed I've it. I've heard too. that I, I saw Pine Views was yes. on the field uh-huh. and the same thing, the best ever, yes. and that they hope it is Continues. done that way. Yeah. yeah. It was just so, it was wonderful. It Absolutely. was like being at home with the kids. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. That's awesome. Okay. So mine, uh, let's see. Um, what did I overcome this week? Well, I overcame and finished out the school year. On a strong note, we survived a year that was the craziest year that I can even imagine or think of in any any of the 23 years. We taught with masks on. We had our kids back. And I we did it. We yeah. did it. We did it. We did it. And we did it well. Yeah. We did it well. Yeah. And I, props to Washington County School District, honestly, for making sure the kids were in our next sponsor school. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Right. But for them to make sure that it was face to face if the kids could and wanted to, Uh, um, because I am a I am a supporter of that learning occurs face to face in a a better than if it's online. Well, it certainly is in high school, isn't it? Yeah, for for sure. For high school. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hey, um, mine is what um, I liked most about the week. So um, if you didn't see this, then I'm going to encourage you to go on to my Facebook page and maybe I'll post it on a great day to talk. But there's a little video on there. So Scott's birthday is later in is later in the month. So June is a huge month for Two us. Birthdays it's my birthday, and an it's Scott's birthday, it's our anniversary, our 40th anniversary next week. It's my son's birthday, um, it's my other son's birthday, the it's very last day of May. It's Father's month. Day. Oh yeah, my it's gosh, like, wow. We have to plan for it like it's Christmas right. for the month of June. But anyway, um, so our our kids, he Scott loves to work in the yard and um, we're getting older some people what yeah not you Kim Michelle um, well not me but he maybe is. Scott yeah he is so <laughs> sorry Scott. Uh, <laughs> so they um, got together and they gave him his birthday present early and um, it is the most amazing thing it is uh, it is a motorized wheelbarrow and so he they came and they put it all together and they gave it to him early and he takes this little running jaunt around with it it is it's adorable. It's so it it's is so, so adorable. Yes, so I'm going to post it on there, and all of you get to say, "You're right. This is so adorable." It was fantastic. Hey, I'm going to put it on there for you. Cool. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much for watching with us and following along. Those of you that have made comments on Facebook, we appreciate it, and I appreciate you, ladies. I appreciate Eleanor. Love you. Love you. Love you, friends. Love you. See you next week.
Thanks for listening to It's a Great Day to Talk. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And until next week, get out there and talk. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.